The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain apart. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is well that we are here. If you wish, I will make three booths here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, lo, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were filled with awe. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. So we had this gospel recently, and we looked at it, uh, just to recap, in the light of the, litur the liturgy. So we were looking at the liturgical lens um, of the transfiguration, and just as a brief recap, we can see that, you know, Jesus takes his disciples out of the world, representative of what we've just passed through, which is the penitential act, leaving the world, leaving our sins behind. Uh, and then it says that he is in conversation with Moses and Elijah, and so you have this uh, liturgy of the word, if you will, in which the prophets are fulfilled in Christ, and then you have a type of liturgy of the Eucharist, where at the end of all of this beautiful experience, they are left with Christ alone, right? Just his presence there in their midst and their engagement with that presence. And so it's a, it's a beautiful to kind of look at it in that liturgical lens. But when I was meditating on it yesterday and reading through some other commentaries, you can also see it in terms of, which is, I think, linked with the liturgy, is a lens of sanctification of soul, right? So what we are all called to is a sanctification that comes in Christ and a reordering of our life so that it is centered on Christ himself. And so what the Lord does is that he instigates this entire scene. It says, Jesus took with him. It shows that it is his will first. And so he is the one who begins the work, just as in our own sanctification. Any work of our sanctification is first God's work. After that is that it is our cooperation with the graces that he gives to us. But even to cooperate with his grace is mysteriously also his gift, right? And so it is this beautiful work that the Lord wants to do in us of sanctification, which I think is appropriate to this season of Lent that we are in. And so he takes them apart. He takes them away from everything else, but towards himself, 
And so that is, again, what this season of Lent is for, is that we separate ourselves from other things, but for an, intention, an intentional purpose, which is for deeper union with Jesus Christ. And so that, again, this whole season is fulfilling what it should in our life if our relationship with Christ is drawing and becoming deeper. And he takes them up this high mountain apart and says he was transfigured before them. But what we can see here in the revelation that Christ is manifesting is that he is not something that reflects light. We see that the light comes from within himself. He is light as the source. And so he is not a reflected light. He is this beautiful source of light. He is the light. He is God himself. And there's a uh, kind of meditation that we can do between natural light and the light that comes from Christ is that in our life, natural light allows us to see and perceive everything around us. It is, we don't see in a certain sense the things themselves, but we see the light that is reflected off them. And we are able to know the things by our sight. And yet this is still superficial. It is still the surface of things. And yet with the light that comes from Christ, we don't see the surface of things. We see the full depth of everything. The spiritual light that shines to us from Christ is his wisdom, which allows us to see and perceive things according to how God sees and perceives things. And so that we also begin to value things according to the way in which God values things. And that's very important because often in our life, the things that are of most value or should be of most value might take a certain backseat to other things that are of lesser value. And this is particular to our lives when we think of our relationship to Christ in the Blessed Sacrament and in the Eucharist. This is God who dwells in our midst. But because of his humility and the way in which he presents himself under the forms of bread and wine, often he can be missed and forgotten. He doesn't always overwhelm us with a sight of his glory because we can see that when a flash of his glory appears, to his disciples, when the cloud descends and there's a full manifestation of his divinity, they are filled with fear and they fall to the ground. And so one of the reasons why the Lord veils himself in the Eucharist is that we do not fear to approach him. He veils that majesty. He veils that glory that would cause us to tremble because he desires for us to come to him. And yet at the same time, we should not lose that reverential fear we should be filled with that reverence and awe in our approach of the Eucharistic Lord. While he was still speaking, this is Peter, who realizes the holiness of the place on which they stand because of the one who stands in that place. He realizes that that location has been made holy by the presence of Jesus Christ. They have lived with Christ now for a while, and yet all of a sudden they are struck anew with his majesty. So they have, in a certain sense, maybe become a little bit indifferent to him in a way that is unhealthy to their spiritual life. And so through the manifestation of this transfiguration of Christ, all of a sudden they are struck with a renewed awe and reverence for the one whom they have spent so much time with. And so also for us in this time and season of Lent, this is a grace that we must pray for, a grace that Pope John Paul II called Eucharistic amazement, Eucharistic amazement. And is what he wished would be reenkindled in the church, is so that the church that has spent so much time with Christ in the Blessed Sacrament 
might run the risk of becoming indifferent to that presence. And so we pray for that grace to have that Eucharistic amazement reinstilled in us, that without having to see his glory flash from the Eucharist, we would still be filled with that reverence in our approach towards Christ, and also be filled with awe that wherever he is, that that place is sanctified, and that that place is deserving of reverence, as is what St. Peter is inspired with. And so when we come to the Lord in adoration, and as we celebrate the wonderful charism, and as we celebrated yesterday, the 125 years of that charism, which is a charism which turns towards the Lord in love in the Blessed Sacrament, is that we pray all to receive that grace, that grace of turning towards the one who sanctifies everything, the one who is divine, the one who is holy himself. And we turn towards him in this reverential fear, not again a servile fear, but a reverential holy fear of God. And that we come at the Mass to this moment with that same reverence, that same awe at the mystery which takes place here for us. What we look at here today happened on Mount Tabor. What we celebrate here at the Mass happened on Golgotha. And so these mountains are united in the Mass. The same Christ who is gloriously seated at the right hand of the Father is made present to us here on the altar. And we are called to approach him with reverence. But an even deeper mystery exists, which is that this same beautiful Christ who comes to us on the altar desires not only to reign here in the monstrance and in the tabernacle, but also within us in the moments of Holy Communion. And in the same way in which he sanctifies this place by his presence, he sanctifies us by his presence within us in the moments of Holy Communion. And so those moments should also be filled with awe and reverence that we receive the Lord himself and that that same Christ who gloriously shone from Tabor and humbly was crucified on Golgotha is then humbly present within us. And that is the center of our life. And so a life that then sees things from God's perspective is a life that is filled with wisdom. And it means that a life values things as they should be valued. And in a life that is ordered by God's wisdom, the Eucharist is at the pinnacle because the Eucharist is God. And so we pray for that grace, that grace of reverence, that grace to be able to place the Eucharist where it should be in our life, which is at the center, because that is what it means to place Christ at the center. Amen.